This is the sermon of the AFM Impact Christian Center in Madrid. For more information, contact us on www.afmimpact.org or email us on info at afmimpact.org. We'd like to hear from you. Using big words when you pray. Christians are often shocked to discover the degree of immaturity residing in the people of God. We come into the faith with the assumption that God's people will reflect a measure of maturity, especially if they've been in the faith, walking with God for a length of time, for a long time. My question this morning is how would we define maturity then? What would you consider someone that's mature in Christ? How would you consider that person? What would you consider as being mature in Christ Jesus? Now, we are in spring now. And we start seeing flowers blooming everywhere. Especially on fruit trees. I mean, we've got quite a number of them um, outside here on the premises. And I'm telling you, it is beautiful to see these flowers on the fruit trees And it changes the landscape and it's really beautiful to see that. Now, think about this. Even though these trees were planted by the previous pastors quite a number of years ago, a few years ago, are they mature yet? Because they are big trees. Some of them have big trunks. Think about this. Are these, because they are big trees and they've been standing on this property for a very long time, are they mature yet? How do we know when a tree is mature? Ha, okay. When it is the fruits that the tree bears, then we know the tree bears fruits. We've seen fruit trees being more than a hundred years old, but there's no fruits on these trees. So let me ask you this question. How do we know when a Christian is mature? Is it by their age? Is it by the time they've been serving the Lord? Is it by the size of the house? How do we know when a Christian is mature? By the fruits that they bear. Because many Christians can serve the Lord for a hundred years, but the fruits in their life is missing. So as the same as with the fruit tree, though the flowers is beautiful, the fruit tree cannot stay in flowering season. It cannot stay in spring season. It needs to move ahead and become mature so that it can bear fruit that is consistent with the tree that it is. We don't see an apple tree carrying lemons. We don't see a lemon tree carrying bananas. Doesn't work like that. And same as with the fruit trees, we as Christians have to move along from the basics. Now, we don't forget about the basics. It's like moving away from the church. When I move away from the church, I don't cut my members off of the church. I still come to church and come join, but I move away from the church. And the same as as in our life in Christ is we need to move away from the basics. We don't forget about the basics. But we need to move away so that we can become mature 
in our walk with the Lord. And that is, this is what Paul is, um, well, not Paul, but the author of Hebrews was addressing in today's passage. So the Bible clearly distinguishes here between those who are spiritually mature and those who are spiritually immature, especially in the New Testament, we see this. We see there a lot of examples of Paul and other apostles writing, to letter, like, writing letters to the church um, to make up, uh, that makes up the New Testament and addresses some major issues and failures within the life of the church, the struggles. And reading about these actually gives us hope that, that even though we are still immature, there's hope for us to become mature in our walk in Christ and bear the right fruit. So if you have your Bibles here with you today, why don't you open up at Hebrews chapter 6. We're going to read the first three verses. Hebrews chapter 6. We are going to read the first three verses. Hebrews chapter 6. If you have it, say amen. For those of you who don't have your Bibles, you can click, swipe, um, however you decide to get there, just get there. Right, Hebrews chapter 6 says this, uh, the first three verses. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God. Instruction about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and God permitting we will do so. Now in the book of Hebrews, the author gives warnings about false faith and addresses the problem of immaturity amongst believers who had formerly followed Jewish customs. Now the, the issue was, the, the, the whole argument was, if they go back to their Jewish customs, then Jesus died for them for nothing. And so they are now under grace. And so this whole debate was, you are now under grace. You don't have to follow the Jewish customs. Now, although these believers should have been at a higher level of maturity to the point that they should be able, been able teachers themselves and teach others, they were still infants in their faith and were slow to learn. We see this in Hebrews chapter 5. The author of Hebrews urges these believers, therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again a foundation of repentance, etc. He talks them through it. Instead of being focused on the elementary teachings of the faith, these believers needed to move on to spiritual maturity. Now, there's a lot of detail that we discuss in the Bible studies during the week. So I'm only going to focus on, on the maturity part of this passage in Christ. The fruit of maturity in Christ. And so here's the first fruit that we need to either strive to or look out for into our lives or train others to be the same. Fruit number one. Mature Christians do not change the gospel to suit them, but allow the gospel to change them and suit their lives alongside the gospel. A faithful follower of Christ doesn't add 
or take away from the word of God. A faithful follower of Christ says, this is the word of God and I will align my life alongside the word of God. Not this is the word of God, but this part is not relevant to me. So I will bend and I will interpret this part so that it can fit into my life because I don't want to move out of my comfort zone. Are you with me? And that's why it's important that we as born-again believers have ample time and spend ample time in studying God's Word so that I can understand God's Word and so that I can apply God's Word in my life and in the life of the family without taking away from God's Word. In, in uh, Greg, Greg Laurie, a uh, uh, guy, uh, he said, you are simply God's paper boy delivering the newspaper that declares the message about Christ and his ways. You are not the writer. You are not the author. We are simply just the messenger that declares that. The Apostle Paul goes too far as to say, but even if we are an angel from heaven, we, uh, but even if we are uh, if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. In Galatians chapter 1 verse 8. Paul is literally saying that even if he himself strays from the pure message about Christ and his teachings, we should stop listening to him. Clearly, he desired to pass on the message of Christ in all its purity. And that should be the desire of every born-again believer. That when I live, when I represent Christ Jesus, it must be in all its purity of which comes from Christ. And that's why it's important that the Bible says, that Jesus says that if you want to follow me, you have to crucify yourself, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. You cannot follow Christ with yourself because you're going to mess it up. You're going to bend and change the rules and adapt the Bible or God's teaching to fit into your life without you fitting into God's teaching. Paul tells us to establish those foundational teachings about Christ and continue from there to grow into maturity. Therefore, let us move on beyond the elementary teachings let us move on about the things that we started with and carry on and become mature believers in Jesus Christ. Fruit number two is this. When you are mature in Christ, you stop looking at what everyone else does wrong and start looking at what you do wrong. A former professor used to say, I know I'm experiencing a fresh touch of God when I stop confessing everyone else's sin and start confessing my own sin. <laughs> D.R. Moody, also a famous preacher, he said, I've had more trouble with myself than any other man that I've met. I've had more trouble with myself then any other man when I met, Jesus spoke like this. He, 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 taught, he taught us and his people, he says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. You will be treated as if as you treat others. The standard you use in judging 
is the standard by which you will be judged. Why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? (laughs) A mature Christian comes to a place where they finally see their own glaring sins and, and focus on repenting on their own lives. That's what we do as mature Christians. We are, we are busy. We, sometimes we are too busy looking at what other people do wrong and we neglect our own walk with the Lord. There are moments to speak the truth to others and to the world, but those moments should be few and far between as we focus on our own hearts and our own walks the most. That's the fruit. Mature Christians are, are, are much more gracious judges of others because those words of Jesus have struck their heart and they will never be the same again. We are much more focused on ourselves and our walk with the Lord. And when we see something that's out of the ordinary in someone's walk, we pray for them first before we discuss it with anyone else. Are you with me? Let's go on to fruit number three. Mature Christians are quick to listen, but slow to speak. We see, I've heard this expression of people saying, that's why we have two ears and one mouth. (laughs) Immature Christians can't help but speak their opinions on everything and everyone around them who goes the wrong way. They think they are the world's spiritual police and they have to guide and they have to tell people this and that. James, uh, known as being one of the deeply mature early Christians, says, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. James chapter 3 verse 2. Spiritual maturity comes through being more careful about what we say. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29 and 4 verse 2 to 3 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may, be, that it may benefit those who listen and be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the peace. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Hallelujah. If you long to be mature in your faith in Christ, live in these verses. Pass everything else that you do in Christian life through them. Whatever you do, may it be to the help of edification of someone else. Walk in humility. Walk in gentleness. Walk in kindness. Walk in patience. Keep a guard over your tongue and over your online posts sometimes. (laughs) Fruit number four. Mature Christians do not grow dependent upon their pastor or their prophet or their man of God or themselves, but they grow more dependent upon Christ. Let me say this again. 
Mature Christians do not grow dependent upon their pastor or their prophet or their apostle or their man of God or whatever the titles is these guys give themselves. Uh, or they grow dependent on themselves, but they grow more dependent on Christ Jesus. There's this, there's, this, there's this culture that's been created in churches around the world where, 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 the, where, the, where the leader of that church, whether he's a, whatever his title may be or what he may call himself, he establishes himself as the direct line between the church and God. So everything everyone wants to do must come between through this person here and then only. Now imagine you were a, someone who, who digs holes for a, for a living. And you were the only person in your village that can dig holes. And the holes that you dig are excellent. No one can beat you at digging holes. And so... One day the Goonies phones you and says, come and dig a hole here in our yard. And then after you are done with the Goonies, the, the Vumas phone you and say, come and dig a hole, a, a hole here in our yard. And before you know it, everyone is calling you and asking you to dig holes. And before you know it, you, you are the hole digger. In the beginning, it's nice because you are the main person and everyone asks you to come in and dig holes, etc., etc., but and, 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 and you go from this house and from that house and from this house and from that house. And many times people don't even say thank you for the holes that you've been digging. The time that you've spent laboring in their backyards digging holes. But you go from this person and that person and, and eventually you are tired of digging holes. But the problem is you never equipped someone else. You never trained. You never taught someone else on how to dig holes. And so now you die, you go to heaven or you move to another town. And the next hole digger moves into the town. And the first person calls him to come and dig holes. And you look at this guy digging this. No, he was not like the first guy. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. He doesn't even talk to us while, he, while he's digging a hole. He doesn't even come and greet when he comes in the house. He just walks right straight to the back and, dig, and starts digging the hole. The hole is not even big enough. The hole is not even deep enough. He's not even using the right tools. <laughs> but yet, if you were a smart hole digger, you would have trained those people in whose houses you dig holes so that they can become hole diggers. And then each one will train each other, another person to become hole diggers. And then we have a whole village of people that can dig holes. So that when the main hole digger leaves that village, the village is not dependent on that one person who can dig holes. But the village is now equipped to look after themselves, to sustain themselves. And in the same way, you need to understand the purpose of the pastor or the apostle or, or the man of God in your life. It is to equip the believer for the work of ministry it is not to get you to a place where you are dependent upon me where it's if it's not pastor praying then no one else's prayer counts if it's not pastor coming to pray for healing then god is not going to heal this person that's not how it works the same spirit that's in your pastor resides in you the same power that is in your worship leader resides in you the same power that is in your cell leader resides in you the same God that's in you is in me. So when we call upon the name.